Welcome to Solutions for Higher Education, a podcast by Scott L. Wyatt, President of Southern Utah University in Cedar City, Utah. To subscribe to this podcast, please visit www.suu.edu forward slash President's Podcast, where you will find both the audio and a written transcript for today's podcast. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to Solutions for Higher Education, a podcast featuring Scott L. Wyatt, the president of Southern Utah University in Cedar City, Utah. I'm your host, Steve Meredith, and I'm joined today in this very special podcast by, as always, President Wyatt. Scott, how are you this afternoon? Terrific. Thanks, Steve. We uh, are embarking today on our 110th podcast episode, and there's nothing particularly special about the number 110, except this will be a particularly special episode because this will be, uh, in its current format, this will be the final episode of Solutions for Higher Education because you have accepted a new position. Um, And uh, why don't you tell me a little about it? Yeah, so the uh, commissioner and the Board of Higher Education have asked me, they're my bosses. (laughs) Right. Everybody's got a boss. (laughs) (laughs) They have asked me to lead a new initiative for the state, which is to bring together all of the colleges and universities in their online degree programs and create a unified system-wide approach to delivering those programs. Sounds like a an interesting challenge. Wow, a big undertaking. Um, because, because uh, as usual, universities are kind of <laughs> siloed from each other. So <laughs> that well, will be an yeah, interesting challenge. We're always accused of having our departments somewhat siloed from each other, but the universities are even more so that way. Yep. And um, we all. We all get along great and like each other and uh, see each other as colleagues and such. But but we all are so, we all are also a little bit territorial, and a little bit competitive. Yeah, for <laughs> with sure. With each other. Yeah, and not just on the football field. <laughs> yeah, through everything. Yeah. So this will be an interesting challenge to try to um, pull everybody together in a common goal, which is to deliver online education to students. Well, since that's my role down here at the university these days, I'm very interested in, <laughs> what, you, in what you come up with. <laughs> um, so even though you'll be working at the state, I'm imagining that you'll continue to be attached to Southern Utah University, at least in some way. You'll probably spend the summer transitioning to the new job, and uh, and since you'll be at the commissioner's office, you'll you'll probably regularly work with us down here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, st- I'm still actually struggling with the thought that I'm going to be less attached. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so are we all. <laughs> it, uh, it, it has become so much a part of my identity in my whole life, along with uh, my wife, Kathy. It seems that being a president of a university is not a job. It's a lifestyle. It's... Um, Every day, weekends, evenings, um, 
my whole life is consumed in Southern Utah University, and it's been a spectacular time. So I'm, I'm trying to get um, used to the idea that I won't be in that role. Um, and maybe by the time uh, I start my new job in August, I'll be almost there. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> as you know, I'm involved a little bit in athletics uh, and also in the fine arts and uh, off and on. And, and I see you at every one of those events. So I, I know how all-encompassing this job is for you and Kathy. Uh, it's, been, it's been the best time of our um, married life, actually. It's been just fantastic. So um, I know that people are going to wonder, you know, is this it? Is the uh, move to the state office is that a promotion or <laughs> is it a sideways thing or how? How does that? Where people are will be curious about it. Yeah, so I I would say that there is no such thing as a promotion from being the president of a university like SUU. Uh, it's just a singular and wonderful experience. Um, surrounded by incredible colleagues and friends and uh, community members, alumni, uh, supporters, and, of course, uh, the most incredible uh, students that anybody could hope to spend their life with. So, uh, And in my new role, I'm going to be probably working from home for quite a while. So it'll be a little bit more of a um, low-key experience. Yeah, that will be a— a, a big change for you. I'll be working with all of the presidents of the state schools um, and um, building a strategy for us. There isn't a strategy. This this isn't. I'm not filling a vacant position. This is a brand new initiative. And uh, the commissioner and the board wanted a president um, who already had really strong working relationships with the board, the other presidents, the legislature, and uh, experience in this type of uh, educational delivery. So um, that's that's why they asked, and I'm happy to be of service in that way. And, and I look forward to a continuing, never-ending uh, relationship and uh, life of support of Southern Utah University. So, so SUU, I don't know how many of our listeners know this, but SUU, two or three years ago, decided to make a, a real commitment to online learning and created um, our online teaching and learning area and staffed it um, with designers and um, technicians and a media team and other things. So, so... The university, um, it, despite the fact that, that our primary focus still remains our traditional face-to-face delivery, the university has made a really strong commitment to online education. And so that I think that'll stand us in good stead in whatever you end up doing at the state. Do you, do you think that? Yeah. The um, SUU had, has had online education for a very long time, but it really didn't receive institution-wide support, as you just mentioned, until just a few years ago. And, uh, and we've had the opportunity to work with uh, online education internally, uh, contracting with um, what we would call an OPM, right. an online program management firm, um, which is different than doing it all in-house. Right. So we've seen it from a variety of angles, and it's been a, 
a great educational opportunity for me over the last few years, uh, including taking some online classes and uh, teaching. That's right. I, most of my teaching has been face-to-face, but last year I taught my first and <laughs> first online class, and it was very interesting. It is. It's a, a different way of. It's a different way of teaching. It's. It's. Um, even though we're seeing um, high school students and traditionally aged college students taking online, for some that's the very best thing for them. But most traditional college age students um, really want the face to face, on campus, full life experience, sure. and. Um, and where they're at in their personal development, it, it works perfectly. And that's why these uh, on-campus experiences are so transformative. It's because the students come at this incredible, impressionable transition time of their lives. Um, they come single. Some of them leave married. Some of them leave with kids. Yep. We hope they all leave with their first career job. Um, and they, they kind of grow up the same way that you and I did, Steve. Yeah. Um, and then we've got this whole group of people out there that they've already grown up. Um, they're 30, Hundreds they're 40. Hundreds of thousands in Utah and tens of millions in the U.S. Yeah. That are trying to figure out how to get an education so that they can move through those golden doors of opportunity that um, a college degree affords them. But they can't do it. They can't. They don't have the privileges that some of us have. They can't uh, walk away from life, their jobs, their families, and move to a place like SUU, which has such a rich residential experience. Um, they still need to work from eight till six. Or That's they right. still need to put kids to bed. Um, and uh, even night school doesn't work for them because uh, night is actually for some the busiest time of the day when they're trying to help their kids do homework and get them off to bed. So online becomes just an enormously important experience for tens of millions uh, of people in America. That It's their only option. Right. And so what we've got is um, every university in Utah is offering online degrees and colleges, um, Snow College and Salt Lake Community College, all the way up to the University of Utah. We've all, we're all doing it. And uh, if we add them up, you know, it's um, if you don't include the concentrations, you just look at the degrees, there's about 70 bachelor's degrees and then a whole bunch of master's degrees. Right. But unfortunately, we're all competing against each other, and we're using state resources to do that. <laughs> right. So, so I think that... What the board wants me to do is is um, bring everybody together, create this system that's collaborating with each other, save money for the taxpayer, increase opportunities for all of these people that need to be students or want to be students but can't without an online set of programs. Right. Um, that becomes a tricky job when you're um, – Negotiating with university presidents and the legislature and the board to come up with uh, this system that that makes everyone a winner, but but everybody has to give up something at right. the same time. 
at least all the universities and colleges have to give up something at the same time. And, and then there's the question of the technical schools. Um, they're, they could be doing more in online than they are. Um, so anyway, that's the, that's the job. And in a way, as you, as you ask, is this a promotion? And the answer is, well, no, there is no such thing as a promotion <laughs> from being president of Southern Utah University. Benign despot. There's nothing above that. <laughs> yeah. But, this, but this, this job that I'll be doing is, um, in essence, creating out of many or out of all of us kind of one system of online education that hopefully will be delivered as a package to capture a lot of efficiencies and really expand opportunities. It's going to be um, a very interesting, challenging opportunity for me. And as you look forward to that challenge, I'm sure your mind is also occupied at least somewhat on uh, on your time here, uh, as we've already sort of discussed, but I, I'm, I'm certain that you haven't had a lot of time to reflect uh, back on your time here. Have, have you? I mean, you, you, it's probably been kind of a whirlwind and, and uh, it hasn't given you a lot of time to think about that. No, I think it's going to take a long time. I, it's been, um, it's been as, I, as I mentioned, Steve, it's been the most incredible experience. Um, kind of a climax of my professional life and um, the, the opportunities that Kathy and I have had have just been exceptional. So I, I think it's going to take me quite a while first to fully process the fact that I'm leaving and it may not feel real until I hand somebody my keys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, some days I wake up and I think... Um, was that a dream? Yeah. Because yeah, I, it's been, I believe it. It's been an entire, entire life. Um, but, but there's there's a few things that I've thought about um, as I reflect back, and probably one of the most um, um, informative periods of my time here has been <clears throat> during the hundred day listening tour. Uh, you, you may remember that um, my first 100 days, I just devoted as much time as possible during the day, the night, the weekends to gathering information. I do. I, I didn't work here then, but I do remember that because uh, um, I followed your your career trajectory. <laughs> and, and I remember that being a um, having chatted with you during that time, how exhausting that hundred days was. I just, I just remember you saying, "I've never been this tired." <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking that a hundred day listening tour needs to be followed by a hundred day sleeping tour, <laughs> just uh, uh, because I'm trying to do the work that has to be done, and then spending um, all day essentially, yeah, um, listening, and then an evening's meeting with groups. Um, with appointments starting virtually every day at 8 o'clock and going into the evening. Um, but from those times, uh, I remember that, and I, I wrote down a list of probably 30 issues or so um, that came up during the listening tour. The one that I remember the most was um, the cost of education is too high. Uh -huh. 
Um, and SUU had grown its tuition at a higher rate over the prior 15 years than any other college or university in Utah. So it was a it was an issue here, and people felt it. Um, so we haven't raised tuition since um, since that listening tour. That but, hasn't made you wildly popular in some <laughs> areas, I happen to know. But yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, it's been really a meaningful thing to do, and um, and we actually lowered tuition for online students. Yeah, yeah. I should clarify, the, the first few years that I was here, the state had a mandatory tuition right. increase that applied to every school equally, and then uh, the presidents could propose a, an increase above that. And um, it was common that, that uh, presidents would do that. Uh, we didn't propose any of those extra increases. And the, the option, state mandate has since gone away. And that's right. Yeah. Uh, it's been gone for three years now, and so for the last three years, there's been no tuition increases. But the institution itself has not sought an increase the whole time I've been here. And uh, we've decreased fees. We've decreased tuition for online students. Um, what we've discovered is is that sometimes um, online students are paying more than the face-to-face students. And... Um, our, our tuition That's kind of model, backwards. Yeah, our tuition model was built to um, to have students take at least twelve hours, and and for all the reasons that you mentioned, that online education is critical in the lives of the people who are engaged in it. Very often, they can't take twelve hours of of credit, and so our students were paying sort of a higher rate comparatively. Yeah, that's right. Um, they were kind of locked into a part time hire. Per class, right? Um, so we just we made a flat rate. I shouldn't say we, you. I no, we. <laughs> I was engaged a little bit, but yeah. Um, but I think that that has shaped the way I see things. That um, someone uh, referred to me as a frugal innovator, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I I like to think of that actually. Well, and uh, I'm more frugal in my business life than I am in my personal life. I don't want to suggest that I'm a frugal person all the way around, but but um, I think we've tried very hard to um, manage budgets and be careful and recognize that um, uh, if we start with how much money we have, we can we can't do everything, but we can certainly do all the important things and. And uh, there's never enough money, so it's always a decision of where you land on that. Um, another thing, Steve, that was really a, um, talked about a lot in my hundred days, first hundred days, was that we needed to pay more attention to our natural environment. This is SUU is the most central university to national parks in the country, and um, and so we've launched on a whole bunch of little things to try to um, capitalize on that. My favorite uh, favorite was SUU Day in the Parks where oh, yeah. we had what um, uh, Guinness Book of World Records would not consider this the largest field trip because <laughs> their definition of field trip was everybody goes to the same place. I see, I see. 
those Guinness guys. I know, and I can see their logic. Yeah. But if you're going to do a field trip onto public lands, you're certainly not going to take four or 5,000 people to the same place. Right. And um, so on the 100th anniversary of the National Park Service, we, um, I, I'm trying to remember the number, but it seems to me like we were estimating just over 4,000 people community, faculty, staff, students, went out onto the public lands. The number that sticks in my head is four and a half thousand. Um, and we just went everywhere in small groups. We, we rented every tour bus we could find from Las Vegas north and uh, got every vehicle out of our carpool. And uh, We had students on Forest Service, state parks, national parks, BLM, land everywhere, doing service, learning. These were all faculty, staff-led mini field trips. So I'm claiming it is the largest field trip in the history of the world. Well, Even though I have to give it my own definition. That's right. (laughs) It's true that we have even become known as the University of the Parks, right? I mean, we... Yep, we trademarked that. We trademarked that name, yeah. Yep. Um, there's a long list of things from the Hunter to Listening Tour, and I've never forgotten them. I don't have to sit back and think, oh, yeah, what were those uh, items? Because most of them um, have been present in my thoughts all the time. And how do we shape what we're doing? You know, um, how do we build a better relationship with the community? And you remember we created a film about the founding of the university, which the community did. That was really fun, Back Up the Mountain. Back Up the Mountain, um, And some of the issues are perennial ones, like um, shared governance and communication and uh, all those kinds of things. And we've made a lot of progress. And I'm sure that when the next president comes and does a 100-day listening tour, the next president will hear, uh, you need to work more on shared governance and communication (laughs) and all those things because that's just a constant um, effort to, uh, to do that. We, we live in a place, a university, where I, I like to say we have the smartest people in the world working here. We've got hundreds of PhD faculty members from every discipline imaginable, plus a lot of staff members that have PhDs or other right. um, significant degrees. And um, all of them have substantial life experience beyond their formal education. So it's, it's fun to be surrounded by so many interesting people. That's um, and enthusiastic, optimistic people. Um, you can't be successful on a campus unless you're an optimist because that's what we're about. That's our whole business. I think that if I were to say what what I enjoy most about my job in higher education, it is exactly that. It keeps you optimistic for the future. Um, and, uh, and what we're doing for our students, whether they are face-to-face or online, is, is an act of hope and faith. Uh, and uh, I'm, yeah, I'm like you. I'm very proud to be uh, part of the SUU campus and very proud to be in higher education just generally. Yeah, and um, 
I'm really, um, I have to admit, I'm really honored to have been asked by the board, my bosses, to take on this brand new initiative that um, seems really daunting, yeah, uh, really difficult. It's exactly the kind of thing that that um, I like to do is to take something really hard and try to figure out how to make it work. But but what we've been talking about in terms of these brilliant students and faculty and staff, this culture and environment that that um, I've been able to spend my entire life with for the last actually 14 years, the two different institutions, um, that is going to be hard for me to step away from. If ever I'm, um, you know, just kind of tired or frustrated or feeling down, all I have to do is get out of my office and walk across campus and see all the the bright hopes of tomorrow and the people that are leading them there uh, right. to engage with our students and and their mentors. It's, um, it is always the best pick-me-up. It's, um, I can't walk across campus without getting this feeling that the world is an amazing place and that whatever challenges or problems I'm trying to work with are minor in comparison to all that. So that's going to be a little challenging. Um, we'll continue supporting SUU to the end of our lives. Right. I'm sure that's true. <laughs> and, and this new program is going to directly help students of Southern Utah University and the school itself. Um, but I, when I get, um, you know, kind of um, tired or run down or discouraged about something or another, I'm going to have to find another way to do a pick-me-up because I'm not going to be able to just walk across campus and, and uh, interact with students. Um, so that's going to be um, that's going to be my task. But I have lots of uh, friends here, and I'm going to be calling you, Steve, <laughs> constantly. <laughs> I'll look forward to the um, discussion. And it's it's so neat to have good relationships with students that want to stay in touch. Uh, probably my favorite um, the, my favorite people from when I was an undergraduate student were a couple of the administrators and a faculty member that. Um, I've been able to stay, you know, a little in touch with. And every time I see them, it's a, it's, it's a little bit of an emotional experience for me. Yeah. Because I remember how much, how influential they were for me. So I'm, um, I'm going to stay in contact uh, with as many as I can for as long as, as long as I have days. It is, as you say, transformational for both the students and for those of us that are, um, the providers. Yeah, it's certainly been transformational for me. Yeah. Well, President, is there anything else you'd like to uh, you'd like to share with our listeners in our um, the outro of our <laughs> <laughs> of our final podcast? Well, this has been this podcast, Steve, has really been an educational experience for us. Yeah. Um, one hundred and ten podcasts. That's um, that's actually a lot compared to uh, <laughs> some, and it's a lot, you know, considering your schedule and mine. It it, um, it sometimes it was harder for us to get together than others, but yeah. but uh, we I think we 
both of you, you and I kind of posted on our Facebook accounts recently that we were named a, a top 20 educational podcast uh, by a group that ranks such things. And I don't know if that's top 20 out of 23 total or whatever. <laughs> you know, you, you always have to take those things with a grain of salt. But nevertheless, um, I think that that the idea of uh, two colleagues who are interested in improving higher education, talking with others from around the country and around the world who have that same goal and desire doesn't sound revolutionary, but in many ways I, I feel like it, it was. And, uh, and even though you're going to be moving on to um, not greener pastures, just different pastures, you're going to be moving on to a new position. Uh, I'd like to think that not only has this been meaningful for you, but that if you decide you want to start a podcast up again, that uh, maybe we would come back uh, at some future date, perhaps in a slightly different format. Uh, but I, this has just been fun, and I, I don't, I don't think it's been, um, it's had a, an enormous audience, but it's had a, actually quite a good-sized audience com, uh, when you consider the the reasonably narrow niche of the discussion. Yeah, we've you and I have been able to, you know, some of the podcasts. It's just been you and I talking. Um, a few, but we've had an opportunity to interview about a hundred very interesting people. We have, and it's it's always been a source of um, inspiration to me. And and I'm always interested in the fact that uh, we have listeners literally from every continent except Antarctica, I think. Um, and so we get we get periodic updates about uh, about where our listeners come from. We have listeners in Australia and New Zealand. We have listeners in Asia. We have listeners, lots of listeners in Europe, and uh, of course throughout the United States, and especially here in the Western United States. But it's always interesting to me how many people are listening in far off lands. And uh, I hope that I hope that the discussions that we've had have been interesting for those who share similar positions to us, who are considering making changes or considering um, what they should do next, or considering the um, considering the challenges of the day in higher ed. And there are many that we face that that perhaps our discussion about it has made them feel um, if. It, at least not lonely. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, uh, it can be, it can feel fairly lonely when you're, um, when you're contemplating what to do next. I'm sure that you have had those types of experiences and hopefully chatting about them with other leaders from around the country and around the world has been helpful. I know it has been helpful for me. and I hope it has been for you as well. Yeah. And, um, I, I would just echo what you said, Steve. I hope that you, our listeners have enjoyed this as much as we have. And I, because it's the last podcast in this form, I, I, I do hope that we quickly get back into the podcast in whatever version it is. Yeah, um, me too. In the very near future. Summers are typically off anyway, so. Well, that's right. Um, but before I feel tempted to say goodbye, Steve, uh, we need to close this podcast because I've still got a lot of work to do. You do. You need, and we're not we're not ready to say goodbye yet. But that's right. But I will be gone before fall, 
And uh, that's when the podcast would start up again. Right. So uh, this has been – this is uh, goodbye for now to the podcast audience. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll see what the future holds for us. And then over the next uh, months as I make this transition um, – well, I'm never going to say goodbye because well, my right. new job is um, is supporting SUU and the other universities in Utah and colleges. Right. In many ways, you'll still be my boss, just in a different <laughs> building. <laughs> well, it's um, we'll still be colleagues, that's for sure. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, Steve. By the way, thanks um, to you, President. To our to our listeners, um, ninety five. Point six percent of the work for this podcast has been done by Steve and his group um, who have put in a lot of time to organize, schedule, and then uh, record and edit and transcribe and get this up on the, the web. So thank you, Steve, and thanks uh, to all of those that have been helping. President, I'm going to go ahead and enumerate those folks as we go out here. But you've been listening to Solutions for Higher Education, a podcast featuring Scott L. Wyatt, the president of Southern Utah University in Cedar City, Utah. This, our 110th and last episode in its current form, we wish to thank um, the following people who help us get this on the air every week. Bailey Bothorpe from the president's office who helped us schedule all of our various and very challenging calendars and helped us book uh, the people that we had on the show. To Libby Meredith from our online teaching and learning group for the audio editing that she has done under very challenging circumstances sometimes. <laughs> you, you and I have recorded uh, <laughs> in very noisy old hotel rooms and uh, a bunch of other places. <laughs> to Lexi Carter and Kenzie Lundberg from our our marketing and PR office for the work that they do in helping us um, write about the the podcasts for Natasha Johnson, who uh, is, Natasha is the fastest transcriber I've ever met. She turns around things amazingly quickly. So thanks to Natasha. And finally, to Jill Whitaker, who is our IT person that flips the light on and delivers it to all of our distributing partners. Uh, thanks to all of you personally, uh, from both President Wyatt and I for all of your hard work here. And especially to you, our listeners, thank you for listening and letting us into your hearts and ears for a while. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Solutions for Higher Education. To subscribe to this podcast, please visit www.suu.edu forward slash President's Podcast, where you will find both the audio and a written transcript of today's podcast. The original music for this podcast was composed by Jack Barton, a master's degree student in music technology at SUU. For more information about Southern Utah University, please visit www.suu.edu.